I'm also looking at this weekend with Michigan State saying, ah, here's the monkey of ranked team on the road. Here's the rivalry monkey. It's just one big old gorilla sitting on Michigan's back right now. Here's a chance to take the next step and say that wasn't a fluke. We're legit contenders. Keeping you posted on the biggest contest in football. This is the rivalry. Welcome back to the Rivalry Podcast. Happy Wednesday, everybody. The weather is cold, the coffee is hot, and the AP poll is a mess. <laughs> All of the makings of a great podcast. Absolutely. We are thankful you joined us today. If this is your first time listening in, run for your life. If it isn't your first time listening in, we must be doing at least something right to make this an enjoyable podcast. So regardless, you should follow us on Twitter at Jason Mitch. That's J-A-C-E and Mitch, and please like and review with whatever you're listening to. Downloads on iTunes are going to be super helpful. Um, If you enjoy what we've marketed as the Garbage Free Sports Podcast, you don't have to worry about what's going to be said by either Mitchell or myself. You get to just enjoy analysis from people who love football, who know football. We get to pass that on to you, and you don't have to have concerns about maybe what your kids might hear if you turn up the sports show. So When we say garbage free, I figured it out. We need to put an asterisk next to garbage. Because it's a very specific garbage we're talking about, and that's the stuff that'll make you want to turn down the volume if your kids are around. You know, just kind of the junk that gets yeah, thrown yeah. around on sports shows. However, this whole thing can be viewed, <laughs> as I've said before, as complete garbage. It is garbage. a hot mess. So, Much like the AP poll, as you've already referenced, and we'll get to that. Exactly. So we have 38 days till the game, the game against Ohio State and the team up north and it's growing like a horrendous storm in the distance. Like a horrendous storm in the distance. <laughs> it's coming. also a great way to describe this podcast, by the way. <laughs> horrendous so I saw um, on 11warriors.com, Ohio State affiliated site, that they have this thing called Threat Level Michigan, which I assume is a reference to the office of Threat Level Midnight, but I don't know if that for sure. But Threat Level Michigan got elevated to the high ranking today that's the highest that i have seen threat level michigan in probably two or three years correct me if i if if you're 11 warrior fans correct me if i'm wrong i'm excited by that i mean it's been a long time my i think the greatest game ever played was the number two versus number three back in 2006 i think it was 2006 no it was it was before i don't know the greatest game ever played was the number two versus number three and we won. I don't know if you remember that part. I do remember that, yes. But Very vividly. It was the, the amount of hype and the national viewing. We were just talking about this last week where it's good when Michigan does well. It's good when Ohio State mm-hmm. does well. Because if one team is always better than the other, which has kind of been the last 20 years, nobody really cares about this, this game well, as much. I think more so nobody... I shouldn't say nobody. It it loses a little bit of the national luster if you're not invested in one of those two teams. The media will still talk it up, but I think college football fans outside of the Big Ten, let's say, don't really care all that. It's very similar to Alabama-Auburn for for those of us who are in the Big Ten, right? Where it's going to be a heated, hate-filled rivalry every single year. But I don't care about Alabama-Auburn if Alabama's undefeated and Auburn hasn't won a game yet. Right. Whereas, obviously, people who are in that... No, in the heart of SEC country, very much care no matter what the records it's look like. It's such a dilemma because at the same time, you want in your mind to know that you're going to win the game, but you also want it to be hype-filled. So anyway, that's coming down the pipe. We'll get into what's making all of that hype happening. You guys against Wisconsin. Yeah, speaking of things <clears throat> that are making the hype start to happen a little bit more, Wisconsin-Michigan was, Michigan was favored in the game. 
So Wisconsin comes in as an underdog, but we know, okay, we, we, I am a reasonable enough fan to say that Michigan has struggled in big games. They have consistently struggled on the big stage. So here as a fan, I'm watching this game saying, okay, national broadcast at night, ranked team. Here we go. I know how this movie ends. And I'm even watching the start of the game. And I texted, I might've texted you. I texted my brother for sure. And I said, as Michigan is controlling the, excuse me, as Michigan is controlling the game, but they're kicking field goals Mm -hmm. and missing field goals and Mm -hmm. basically not getting in the end zone. I texted them and I said, I've seen this movie before. Mm -hmm. I know how this ends. I've seen Michigan do this. And then they came out and dropped 38 points on the Badgers and totally proved me wrong. So I have no idea what I'm talking about. Wisconsin is always a team that's either really, really good or really, really bad. Like the only times I can think of a Wisconsin game is when they're winning by a ton or they hardly score any points whatsoever. I don't know what it is about that team, but it's they're either hot or they're not. And it seemed like last week they were not. I mean, you guys, and that's credit to you guys because you made the, a good quarterback look terrible. You had some really good things. Patterson ran a couple touchdowns that My looked goodness, amazing. Yeah. Had some good passes. Also had some bad pursuit angles. And there's like some things that I could nitpick. But overall, you guys proved that you can play as a good, well put together football team in a moment where you really need to. Like there was a lot of pressure on this weekend, and you guys showed up and played well. Yeah, I think it's it's a, and I think I said this in the last podcast again. Spotify, tune in, iTunes, you can go check it out. But I I believe I said Wisconsin's going to be a litmus test for Michigan, meaning that coming out of the Notre Dame loss, everyone wanted the sky was falling. The offensive line is Swiss cheese. Michigan's going to go six and six this year. And then Michigan started to improve, but it's, are you really improving? Or are you playing Western Michigan? Are you really improving? Or are you just beating up on a winless Nebraska? Yeah. This game was going to determine, it's not going to answer every question. I think people can have swung the pendulum the other way too, where it's, <laughs> you know, Michigan's ranked number six in the country now. And I told Mitchell, as soon as that happened, I said, don't do that to us. This is not good. <laughs> but what it does so is... So you don't think that you guys are worth number six is what you're saying? I'm not saying I don't think we're worth number six. I'm saying when Michigan gets ranked high like this, much like going into a game like against Wisconsin, when they get in these big pressure situations, I've seen them crumble too many times. Well, I think this this the schedule is out to get you this time because you have... Oh, goodness, I think yes. you definitely, as of right now... In the conversation for the playoffs, I just think you have too many hard moments in the schedule to make that an actual. And I think you guys are a good team. You guys have progressed so much. Right now, your only loss is to Notre Dame, who's number four. Yeah, like, that loss keeps looking better and better each looks, week. It looks great. The way you guys are improving looks great. I just think you guys, it's unfortunate because you have so many difficult games coming up ahead in a small amount of time. You guys are just going to get banged up. Yeah, and- here, here's the deal, though. If you are, in my mind, if you are actually a college football playoff caliber team, you can go through this gauntlet and you can come out on the other side and be, at this point, I mean, be four and one. I mean, it would be very, very impressive. Let's say that Michigan, you know, these were their two big games on the schedule and they don't play anybody the rest of the year. Yeah, you can fake your way to the college football playoff. You're going to get exposed by Alabama. You'll get exposed by Clemson. You'll get exposed by even Ohio State. You can fake your way through. But if Michigan can come through this gauntlet, particularly this three-week little thing that they've got right now where it's Wisconsin, it's Michigan State, by week, Penn State. If you can come out of that and have won those three games... You're in great shape. And if you can't, then that tells me that even if you made the playoff, you you probably don't deserve to be there. So for Michigan, you can't come away 
without being real happy about it. Yeah, I think the six rating, I'm a little bit scared of it. That's fine. Michigan deserves it right now because they played Wisconsin well at one point in the fourth quarter. Alex Hornibrook had thrown three completions and two interceptions. And I know that Wisconsin was trying to stick to the game plan, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And they did it, kind of. Michigan's defense, man, looked good. The offense looked good. I'm coming out of this weekend. I'm real happy about it. But I'm also looking at this weekend with Michigan State saying, ah, here's the monkey of ranked team on the road. Here's the rivalry monkey. It's just one big old gorilla sitting on Michigan's back right now. Here's a chance to take the next step and say that wasn't a fluke. We're legit contenders. I totally agree. And I don't want to sit here and think that Michigan has always looked good this season because they haven't, but no, they have been getting better. I don't want to say that it is improvement until I see it consistently. Right. If they play well against Michigan State, I'm going to believe that they are actually making some serious improvements and it wasn't just some fluke really right, good we got, game. We got one good game out of it. The now thing we're that drop I like the, the most about this so far is that the players looked like they were having fun, and that is huge. If every team plays and they look like they're having fun they are so much more likely to do well because they're enjoying it like Winovich and Patterson <laughs> at the end of that game in that interview they just looked like a bunch of college roommates just yeah. having a blast Chase you know? just played a game how does your hair still look so good like right. stuff like that it was Ch- super they fun panned to watch. Chase Chase is singing along with the you know the loudspeaker on the sidelines during the game he's yelling at the Wisconsin bench on fourth down it's 38 to 7 he's yelling run at me yeah, run at fun. me it's you fun to that. watch when people are having fun how do you feel about a team having two rivalries because I what know because I know that there's always this talk about Ohio State Michigan is the real rivalry but then you have this kind of side thing uh, with Michigan State and we kind of have this side thing with Penn State how do you how do you prioritize your rivalries. So, is there really only one or do you have a couple? You want to know what really grinds my gears, Mitchell? That phrase has just come <laughs> up. Wait, and you've said it three times on this podcast and it's three times too many, but let it's me hear a, you. It's Michigan f- fans in air quotes who say, oh yeah, one of two things. Either, oh, I, I just cheer for Michigan State too. Can't that's, stand that. You can't bad. do that. And number two, oh, I hate Michigan State more than I hate Ohio State. Rashawn Gary actually got a little bit in a little bit of hot water for saying something real similar a couple weeks ago. That that's not the answer. So in my mind, it's Michigan State's biggest rival is Michigan. Undoubtedly, that's what Mark. I'm convinced Mark D'Antonio is living for that game and nothing else. Mm -hmm. I don't think he ever smiles except unless he beats Michigan. Mm -hmm. And even then, it's kind of like a snarl more than a smile. Michigan State's a huge game. Totally different level when it comes to Ohio State. And, and any other answer besides that is absolutely unacceptable to me. I completely agree with you. And Mark, same that thing, down, same that thing never for happens. Ohio State, Penn State. Yep. It's exact same yep. thing. Absolutely agree. And Penn State's not looking so great right now. Ooh, All right, let's dive into that Spartan rivalry you guys have going there. So the first one that ever happened, the first time you guys met was in 1898. So it's over 100 year old rivalry. It's pretty cool. You guys beat them 39 to 0. And you guys lead the series 69 to 36. Of the last 10 games, Michigan State has won eight of them. And the team with the most rushing yards, kind of a fun fact here, the team with the most rushing yards in the game has won the last 44 out of 50 games. Wow. So that's a big deal. That seems to bode well for Michigan, I would think. And I had always seen this trophy <laughs> that they lift up after this game. It's the Paul Bunyan Trophy. I never knew about it. I looked it up last night. So the Paul Bunyan Trophy uh, is a statue of like a lumberjack, very brawny. What I picture a Michigan man, you know, that's what yeah, he looks yeah. like. He's four foot tall. And he the first time he was brought out was in 1953, awarded by the governor to whoever wins the Michigan State-Michigan game. And this, yeah, this guy is just standing on the state of Michigan. It's kind of cool. I, 
See, it's kind of cool. I'd say it's probably one of the uglier trophies in college football. It is. Except I saw the Michigan State Penn State trophy the other day, and it is awful. It looks like a shelf that your brother built, who's taken like one college woodshop class. It's awful. <laughs> it's terrible. Apparently, Michigan State broke it during celebration after the game too. So, congratulations to Michigan State. Wow. Hope you guys have some super glue there. That's amazing. So, uh, you guys have a sixty-nine percent chance to win. It's a seven-point spread. Are you nervous at all? Yeah. I mean, listen. After after the punt incident. I'm going to be nervous on the clock at zero. I have memorized <laughs> that word for word. Oh, and there's trouble with the snap. Yeah. And the, and the ball, ball is free. free. Yeah, I know how it went. Okay. I I had been lying on the floor. No joke. I uh, I was dating my now wife at the time, long distance, and I'd been texting my soon to be my now brother-in-law. And uh, we had been texting. I said, yes, we did it. And I'm lying on the floor, <laughs> just like starfished out, so happy. And I sit back up to watch the punt. Oh, no. And I just get texts on my phone that go, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, and I'm thinking, I can't believe this just happened. Me and my buddy were walking to just uh, reminiscing about that great moment. We were walking. That great moment. To, and it was, okay, we were walking to the shoe, and it was the night of the Penn State blackout game. And all we hear are just people cheering. We're like, something happened, something happened. So we ran over to a tailgate and saw what happened. And at the moment, we loved it because it was hilarious. Later down the season, it ended up really biting Ohio State yeah, because that's right. that had huge implications right. on our And I believe chances. that was when the, the traditional Michigan surrender cobra, you know, like the hands behind the head thing. Uh-huh. was born i still practice that that was my pumpkin all week, just that, in case yeah i'm sure it was so all that to say yeah i mean you have to be nervous about a rivalry game no matter what the teams look like michigan state is a weird team to try to figure out so i'm not going to try to do so in the course of this podcast they're you know almost losing to utah state they're losing to arizona state but they're beating penn state who really could be an undefeated team right now so i don't know what to expect from them i expect Slightly less talented running game than what we saw from Wisconsin and slightly better quarterback play. And also on the road, it's going to make a difference as well. I think Michigan still wins this game. They asserted themselves running the ball. They'll assert themselves throwing the ball. I think the defense is mm-hmm. going to be too much to handle. Mm-hmm. I don't again. I'm hesitant. I with Wisconsin. I was hesitant to put out a prediction. I'm hesitant to do so again. I'll say the same thing. It could be by five. It could be by 18 plus. I think Michigan wins it either way. I think so. I think Michigan takes it 42-28 with the same reasons you have. High scoring game. I I like it. I I think so. Let's talk Buckeye football here. Uh, There have been some issues, consistent issues with the Buckeyes defense, specifically that secondary. And I was pleased to hear in the press conference that Urban Meyer has identified that and is actively working towards it. Because other than that, our team looks really good. We've had some awesome catches. We've had the one-handed. Did you see that one-handed catch? Was that uh, KJ oh, Hill? It was so cool. And then he gets the in little, the end zone. The little sticky thing after. Yeah, prize it off with his yeah. foot. I loved it. If it, it was, was any good, other team, I think that was a cocky thing. Because I did. Because I did. When I watched it, I threw a fake flag at the TV. But you know what? It a great catch. Yep. Fantastic play. We've got a lot of young guys, but that's okay because of that Chase Young guy. Chase Young. He's the man. He is the man. Oh man, uh, he's he's really been able to fill in that Boza spot, and we all know now that Boza will not be coming back this year. But it's going to be okay because I really think that Chase Young is going to get the job done. Some of the other issues we have here is the Buckeyes had a shaky running game. I think that's an anomaly. We've looked really good all year with our running game between J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber. I think last week was just a weird a weird week, so I'm not really too concerned by that. 
It's another night game coming up, 7.30. I know you love those. I know, and even the <laughs> players have said that they're getting kind of tired of the night games. Urban doesn't seem too phased by it, uh, but I guess he's not the one that's really out on the field I was gonna playing. say, he kind of said his piece last year, though, as he he complained a decent amount about those night games. I know that the night games are rough for the fans because we're waiting all day to see what's going to happen. And again, it's an away game. It's at Purdue. Uh, I'm still projecting this is going to be a 38-24 to 24 victory for us. It's going to be another high-scoring game, but I think we get it done. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is just so good. I mean, it, all the way through this season, he's still averaging like around 75% completion, which is insane. Uh, as far as Purdue goes, I would say that their quarterback definitely isn't as good. He's good. He's averaging 68% completion. Uh, but their highlight of their offense is definitely Rondale Moore, their mm-hmm. wide receiver, number four. Keep an eye out for him. He has 45 catches, 558 receiving yards, and five touchdowns Whew. so far. So with all that being said, I still think that we are the better team, even away, even at night. We're kind of getting used to playing at night in a way, and after Penn State, this is going to look easy. I think it's ESPN says we have an 84% chance to win, 14-point spread. I think we get the job done pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah, Purdue's... The offense of Purdue will give Ohio State trouble, but and you kind of alluded to this indirectly. The offense of Ohio State looks good. Again, I'm going to still contest that outside of Penn State, they haven't played a very good defense yet. So I'm, I'm still going to put that out there, but you can't argue with the numbers at least. I don't think Purdue's defense is going to be able to handle Haskins. So you, I think your projection there, I think it's probably going to be pretty close to that because you will likely have a high scoring game. Uh, Ohio State defensively, are you concerned going forward outside of even the Purdue game? Like just, and again, I'm not like not expert out. just you personally, Mitchell. Are you concerned about Ohio State's defense going forward? Because if I were in your shoes, I would be. Because as a Wolverine, I'm looking at this defense going, okay, yeah, yeah, I can get on board with this. How do you feel going forward knowing what the schedule looks like primarily Purdue, Michigan State, Michigan being the three big games left on the schedule. As of right now, I don't think we have what it takes to get the job done. However, I do think that they will get better by that time. We have because we have those big ominous games in the future. It is a pressure to get better. If it was just easy all the way out like some of these teams have, I would be more concerned because yeah. there's really not something to strive for until you get to the playoffs and that's where you make mistakes and slip up. So I do think with the ominous games of Michigan State and of Michigan coming down the pipe, I think that this is really something that they push for. And if they prioritize this, which it sounds like they are, I think we're going to be just fine. Again, these are young guys, and they only, they're only the only way is up. It's just so a matter of how quickly. When you say, like, I understand the whole, like, when we're going to improve thing. We've known, though, we collectively as a podcast, we, we've known that Ohio State's defense has been problematic from week one when mm-hmm. Oregon State, <laughs> when Oregon State is ripping off big plays. And at that point, Urban Meyer was, quote, identifying, you know, issues with the defense. And I haven't seen anything really be fixed unless, again, maybe I'm not watching as closely as you are. Have you seen them progress? Because Urban seems to say yes. I don't see anything different from that first week. They held a decent Minnesota offense to 14 points. I think that that is much bigger than when the season started and we were giving up 30-plus points to seemingly no-name teams. I think their pursuit angles have definitely increased in, in quality. They're not giving up these really stupid, I'm going to trail you by five yards and then catch up to you. I think that they have shown signs of improvement, and with these games coming up, a night game and then a couple more difficult games, I think I think we're going to be okay. And looking how the top 10 is shaking out, I think the team, Wow, yeah, I think geez. the team that is most likely to lose a game by the end of the season is Alabama. 
They play three ranked teams, and one of those is LSU, who's number five. And LSU looks really, really good. They certainly dismantled Georgia to, I guess, maybe not the shock, but I think the level at which they handled it. And again, LSU is another team that could be undefeated right now. Right. So we got two weeks until we get those playoff rankings that officially come out. And as it stands right now, Alabama's one, OSU is two, three Clemson, four Notre Dame, five LSU, six Michigan, seven Texas, eight Georgia, nine Oklahoma, and ten UCF. So it is a pretty drastically different looking (laughs) top ten. UCF, a.k.a. my national champion. But, you know, it's (laughs) it's fine. Of course. I really think Alabama will lose, and that puts Ohio State at one, two Clemson, three Notre Dame, and then four LSU. Or if Michigan does really well, they could fill in that. I don't know. Well, and, and that's where, you know, you get to... You know, this the, is the greatest part of this. Right, right. You get the October college football playoff rankings, and it's all going to change week to week, especially, I mean, Michigan and Ohio State are going to play each other, so that will balance itself out at some point. Michigan could lose this weekend, and we won't even have to worry about it for the Wolverines. But, I mean, of the teams that lost this week, from the top 10, Georgia to LSU, West Virginia to Iowa State, Penn State to Michigan State somehow, you just Washington know. to Oregon, Georgia's still got a shot. Georgia is probably the... No, yeah, they don't. Yeah, Georgia is the no, only team out of those four, though. West Virginia is done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Penn State, second loss, they're done. Oh, I think I think Washington anybody, is done. It's I think, a Pac-12. You know how much I love the Pac-12. I think it's six to, one to six is going to be where our four come from. That's just what I feel and whether or not, I mean, that's going to be yeah, facts don't, because I'm, that's, don't that's how disc- good I am. <laughs> Not so fast, my friend. Don't discount <laughs> Georgia quite yet. But again, it's all speculation at this point. This is why we love college football weeks like we just had. With all that being said, yeah, there's there's plenty of room for optimism. I, maybe a little bit more cautiously optimistic for Michigan against a, a rival this weekend. But I think both teams can be optimistic about their upcoming games this weekend. Michigan, Michigan State kicking off at noon. Ohio State and Purdue kicking off at 730 Absolutely. in West Lafayette this weekend. Thank you so much. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at Jace and Mitch, J-A-C-E and Mitch and download, rate, and review on iTunes. Not just a game, it's the game. You're listening to The Rivalry.